every child has a different personality, has different yeah. needs, mm-hmm. has different ways of communicating. I think the greatest thing that I've learned is you have to listen to them. You have to hear what they're saying before telling them what to do. Life gets easier if we figure it out together. Welcome to The Lisa Show. Welcome to The Lisa Show. Now, you might notice a little bit of difference in the audio of today's podcast, and that's because we really experimented with the Council of Moms and did a video recording of this particular episode. So I wanted to give you the heads up that you can watch the video of today's podcast. You can find it on YouTube, and there are going to be clips on The Lisa Show's social media accounts on Facebook and Instagram. So you'll want to definitely check that out and follow us along to continue the conversation over on those accounts. Enjoy. Welcome to the Council of Moms. Now, Council of Moms has been a really popular segment on The Lisa Show, so we're making an entire episode out of it. And I'm really excited for the council that we have assembled today. So please introduce yourself and your relationship to motherhood. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> My relationship. Yeah, that's profound. Isn't um, it? Yes. It hit me like a truck. Mm. Um, no, um, I'm Carrie Ann Rhodes, and I have two children, and they introduced me to motherhood slowly. Ooh, yes. And you'll leave it at that? (laughs) Okay, okay. I'm going to really have to absorb what that means. Okay. My name is Emily Ingeman, and my relationship with motherhood, it's kind of like you're an expert and then you know nothing. Yeah. That's kind of how it is. You know, That's the stage. That's the stage. It's just like, you know, you're just making it up as you go, and sometimes you really nail it and sometimes you don't. That's where I'm at. That's good. I'm Amy Hopkin. I have a very complicated relationship with motherhood. Actually, I don't. It's fine. Um, no, <laughs> I have, fine. and I, I like what you say because I feel like, so I'm 46 now, and I feel like if I started having kids now, I'd be the most excellent oh, mother, it. except I'm tired. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if I had had my kids now, I'd be such a better mom than I, I, would, I think I was an okay mom, but I, I feel like I have so much more knowledge and patience than I did back then. But yeah, I've got three kids. Two of them are sort of, Adults trying to be adults. I don't right. know. I mean, what is sort of? They're is old enough to be an adult, behavior? right? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. age, completely yeah. age, not yeah. behavior. <laughs> they are old enough to be adults, and they like being adults when it suits their needs. Oh, and then they like being children when it suits their needs. I love it. We've already gotten so many yep. like gems, yeah. right? Of yep. motherhood. Yes. This is what's so great about coming together. Being able to be like really vulnerable and expressing what you really think, yeah. Because this is how this is how we make connections anyway. You know, yeah. we don't just simply oh let me find out. Well, I'm going to call an expert. I'm going to research some articles. <laughs> maybe assemble a think tank. We're going <laughs> to you know get, no no. You just we talk. We share experiences with each yeah. other, and I think this 100%. is the real that that has brought the most value to my life. And yeah. so I love this kind of council of moms and and for your willingness to be here. And so I. Want I want to start off with rapid fire questions. Ooh. So I don't not to be overthought for, no, no. for you know for us overthinkers. Mm-hmm. As fast as you can. Are, are we ready? <sighs> oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. When you cut your kids' sandwiches, squares or triangles? Triangles. 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 Okay. What's the thing that you did as a kid that you will never let your kid do? Oh. Go. Uh, <laughs> that I wouldn't let them do? Nope. 
that you will never let your kid do? It's stuff I wish they could do, like no. disappear into the woods, Ooh. but not get kidnapped. Ooh. So. Um, I'm thinking more kind of high school age, and I did weird things like driving a vehicle into a grocery store. I hope they never try that one. Got it. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, when I was a kid, there was this single old man. He was old man, and he had a pool, and my parents let us go swimming at his house all the time, and sometimes he'd take us to Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, and what? now I look at my parents, and I'm like, did Hello. you want us to die? <laughs> like, what? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, don't yeah, let your kid do. I was just going to say perm. Perm their hair. Oh, my <laughs> perm, gosh. But your answers were better. <laughs> what surprises you the most about mothering? Go. Uh, tiredness. I really didn't know. People talked about it, but I really didn't know. I think just the depth of how much you care for them is deep. It doesn't end. You think they're going to hit 18 and your job's over? It is not. It gets harder. It gets more complicated. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Bathrobe or yoga pants? Yoga pants, I guess. Yeah, yoga pants. House dress. Ooh. Oh, I'll allow it. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. What is your superpower? Not thinking quickly is <laughs> part of is part of them. Um, I can pick out the exact right number of napkins for the people that are eating. I can just pick them up. Oh, oh wow. my gosh, just a good, can you guess how many candies are in the jar too? No, you know, it just applies I to I always want to win that one. <laughs> okay, yes, the question specific. again, what's your superpower? Okay, um, I think I love easily. That's great. That's so good. Hold my hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, nine times out of ten, I can eat a dish at a restaurant and recreate it at home without a recipe. Ooh, Whoa. Boy, that is Im that's that's like amazing. That's incredible. I wish. Okay, these are rapid fire, by the way. Sorry, we're doing Are we sucking at that? No, one excuse answer. Me. Excuse me. <laughs> Do you have a favorite kid? No. Nope. Yes, but it changes. <laughs> Honest. Mm -hmm. Are you on time and disheveled or late and polished? Late and polished. Late and polished. On time and disheveled. Oh. I don't. <laughs> I, I, on time. With that it hair. Listen, it well, no, you know? that's why I have mm -hmm. the hair because it takes literally two minutes. But I'm on time. It doesn't matter. Like, I try to be polished, but I'd rather I like be it. on time. Impressive. Then. What food, snack, or treat do you hide from your kids? Mm. Uh, the chocolate. A good substantial cookie. Mm. Mm. Dense. Chips. Okay. Chips that I want myself. Yep. If you became an empty nester today, what's the first thing you do tomorrow? Turn all of their rooms into me rooms. Go mm. visit my child. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Ding dong. <laughs> I'm here. I would cook and eat whatever I want because so oh. no one would complain. Yes. Okay. Yes. I like that. What's your favorite thing about being a mom? I love my kids and having them on my lap or just cuddling. It's being on the bed all together and just talking and laughing. And mm, I love that. I love that it shifts. I love all the phases and all the shiftings. I would agree with that, that mm -hmm. there's these different personalities that are coming out and being able to be a part of that yeah. as they grow and turn into people is amazing. Agreed. Well mm -hmm. done.
Well done. You passed. Do we pass? You passed. Can we still be Yay, we are not dismissed. <laughs> you good. can continue your mothering. I can Thank you. Oh, <laughs> we are not fired today. Good. Well, I think it's always really great to start off feeling, you know, like we have the answers. Yeah. I mean, I don't know of any other situation that has made me come more well acquainted of my own personal ignorance mm-hmm. than becoming a mom, right? Like, Absolutely. just the uh, sheer amount of situations and questions and answers answers that you need to come up with. So it's good to feel a little confident every once in a while. Sure. That's right. I know the answer to mm-hmm. square or triangle shaped sandwiches. <laughs> I mean, square, that's like double the work. Right. Four pieces rather than two. That was easy. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> well, and on, honestly, Siri and Alexa have, have taken a lot of the burden off me. I get asked mm. a lot oh, of questions sure. and I, I like to be Siri or Alexa, mm-hmm. but we're getting to a stage in life where I'm glad they're there. Yeah. Wow. They're there. I don't have We've to know everything in any, No, anymore. you don't. Oh, I call on that Google Home like you right. would not believe. <laughs> I don't even try to think about it. Just Help tell me. me the answer. <laughs> exactly. So speaking of questions, um, I want to kind of go into some questions that we have gotten uh, as uh, audience has listened into The Lisa Show. And that's been kind of fun because we've had different mom councils on this show talking about a variety of topics just to sort of bring it to a place of realness. Yeah. Right? Like, of no, but what do you really do. <laughs> Tell us what happened, the good, bad, the ugly, all of it. And so we have gotten some responses and I'm going to read the first question if you guys are up for it. I love that. Okay. So this is great. Hey, counsel. First of all, I just wanted to say how cool it is that you guys do this. I haven't heard anything like it on the radio or podcast, so kudos. Thank you. Now my question. I am a mom of three teenagers, a girl 13, a boy 15, and a boy 18. It is not an understatement to say that this is the hardest time I've ever had being a mom. So here is my question. How do you deal with teenagers, specifically the testing their limits, pushing boundaries, navigating their own independence in teenagerhood. I want to give them their space and make their own choices and deal with those consequences, but it's so hard. I don't think I'm alone in this. Would love any words of wisdom you might have. Kathy in Southern California. So teenagers, mm-hmm. how do you deal? I'm taking note. Yeah, 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 <laughs> write it down. You want me to start? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, of course, every child has a different personality, has different needs, Mm -hmm. has different ways of communicating. I think the greatest thing that I've learned through the process, because I have adults and teenagers and elementary school, so I kind of have it all, is you have to listen to them. You have to hear what they're saying before telling them what to do. And I think so much of the time they feel so much pressure just from all around their peers and school and Instagram and all the things. So I think it helped me so much just like really listening to them and getting to know who they are and what they like to do and having an open communication like that because I feel like those phases aren't so vicious, you know, when you're really having open communication and talking a lot and really understanding them. And then sometimes you're like, oh no, you are wrong. And we are just going to leave it there, you know? But sometimes they need to be heard first before you kind of like set the line down. And is that something that you learned the hard way or that you just kind of modeled from your own parents? You know, I am married to the most patient man on the planet, truly. You know, because I came from a broken home and lots of dysfunction and things growing up. So I think I was just learning as I go. But I think a patient husband really, he taught me so much of just like, 
You know, sometimes we just like overreact about things and it's not that big of a deal. And so I think kind of checking yourself, listening, moving forward. I don't know if that made sense or was helpful to our friend in California, but. Mm -hmm. I think for me, and I learned this from my parents, which is to default to trust. Oh, I, I love that. I think if you have done the work earlier, that this is a time when they are when they are pushing boundaries, when they are trying to figure out who they are as an adult. And if you default to trust, saying, okay, I'm going to trust you to make this decision. And then if they make poor decisions, then you pull back that trust. But when I was growing up, my friends would come to the window and they'd knock on the window like, hey, sneak out, come on, let's, you know, we're going to go do this. And I'd be like, I'm just going to go tell my mom yes, I'm leaving. Yes, right? me too. And, yeah. and so I would go in and, and my mom trusted me. She knew me. She knew my friends because they'd made... It a, a priority to get to know who I was hanging out with. And so they trusted my friends. Granted, I grew up in Utah Valley. So let's, you know, we're not like, it's not like it's it too dangerous wild. of a situation, it could be more right? Wild. Yeah. But my mom would be like, okay, just, you know, make sure that you check in when you get home. And, and that's, that's what I've tried to model with my kids. And 85% of the time, they live up to that trust. And then there are times when they really don't and you really kind of have to pull back and say, I'm sorry, you broke that trust and now we're going to start from back here instead of up here. But allowing them that freedom, I think, turns them into better adults. That was perfect. I really think that's I, big. Yeah, I think yeah. the combination, it, it really helps. I used to take their questions or pushback and things so personally. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and, and it wasn't until I was... <laughs> I realized this is brain science. <laughs> like this is developmentally appropriate that they are pushing back, that they mm -hmm. want to be independent, yeah. that they want everyone to know that they and themselves, that they're separate from you. You know, that that is part of growing up and part of it's I can, their own that's identity. That's my phrase, developmentally yeah. appropriate. Yeah. This is developmentally appropriate. It's very it's big not, phrase. It is really very advanced. It really calms <laughs> me down though to not take it so personally to say, but I love you so much and I just want you to, to do all the things that I want you to do because I've really thought about this and I've read a lot of articles <laughs> and I know better. Yep. I've thought about it. So if you just do this, like, here's my plan. And they're like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Then to, yeah, yeah. I, what you're saying, take a step back mm -hmm. is, and, and to trust them to do the it. The combination is really kind of right on, right? But just it's the hard. trusting them it's and harder communication. To do. It's oh, so yeah, I know. Can I ask hard. a follow-up question to Kathy's question for do you it. with 100%. teenagers? So what, you know, families may have like these basic rules and you're talking about, you know, listen to them, give them opportunities to trust. How have you handled it when one child is really trustworthy <laughs> and then another child is just not, but then they're saying, it's not fair. You, how have you handled that as kids have gotten older? Are you going with that with the power oh, yeah. suits? No. It is hard because every kid is different. Yeah. yeah. And they need different things. And you're a different parent as they grow oh, yes. and develop. So there's so many factors because that used to drive me nuts as a teenager mm -hmm. where I was like, well, you didn't know I did this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, you only knew. Yeah. Uh, the rules for me were this. And then for my other sibling, and yeah, I remember I'm my mom just and... having this like exasperated look on her face like, yeah, you're right. I don't know. Whatever. And now <laughs> I'm like... Now I know that exasperated look that because mm -hmm. I have it. Like, yeah, you're right. I do treat my kids differently because I'm different and they're different. And I don't get super caught up in all things being equal and fair because I don't think there's any way mm -mm. to be totally fair and totally equal. I just 
to throw myself to the mercy of the court <laughs> as far as like the kids and like, you're right, I'm doing the best that I can. And something that comes to mind, I have, thank goodness, haven't had anyone go too crazy uh -huh. on me. So that would be really hard, right? If you had someone that just really broke your trust time and time again. But I do have really close friends who have struggled with that. And then now it's like, no, they have broke, they are doing like living a, a separate life or whatever. And I think in that time, it's almost like you have to just, because they're kind of so far gone almost at that point that it's like, okay, we need to like start from scratch and they need to know that you are proud of them and that you love them. Because I think all of a sudden they start doing all the dishonest things and then they feel bad about themselves and then they don't feel trusted and then it kind of feeds on itself, you know? And so I think that it's super helpful to like just kind of dial back and go, okay, I kind of want to bring this child back. So how am I going to do that? And I think it's just like loving them and and letting them know that you are proud of them, even though they aren't this thing that maybe you would hope that they would be. Or, or that they think you, you hope think they, they are. should be. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes I think they soften, and I've seen it with my yeah. friends. They soften, and it takes time, of course, and not everybody is gonna have this outcome, but then they start coming back, and you kind of have to like readjust the rules and things like that. But eventually, hopefully, you start getting them in a, in a direction where they are, are being honest with you. There's more communication because sometimes that distress comes from just a lack of communication, too. And they feel like they can't come to you. They can't share the things. So they're making up all the lies. And then it just creates even more separation, oh, yeah. and, you know? You talked about building trust. Mm -hmm. And I think it's scary, no matter what age your kids are, to give them those opportunities <laughs> where you're building the trust because often what you're letting mm -hmm. them then do is something that's like really scary for you. Yes. But you're saying, let's do this. And and I, I just remember how much it meant to me to be trusted by my parents. Mm -hmm. It felt really good. It was a really good like self-esteem. I was going to say a confidence booster yeah, confidence in yourself booster, yeah. too, which is great. What we've tried to implement in our house is natural consequences. So we start at that starting point of trust, but then when they break certain rules, we don't have arbitrary punishments, right? Like you're grounded. Is that what you mean? Like right. Well, you're I mean, for two weeks. it depends mm -hmm. on like if they snuck out. Yes, you're grounded because you're going to lose the privilege of seeing your friends because you decided that you, what you wanted was more important than the rules we had established. Or, you know, they do something with their phone, their phone gets taken away, or they don't do their chore, so they get an extra chore. So the That's consequence good. makes sense to the action. And so they're not just feeling like I'm being punished with these random things that don't make or sense. Or really dramatic, you know, where you right. just go so extreme, yeah. like you're not leaving Over. for a month, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, then they really do something and yeah. then it, they really deserve the money. They really know? are good. So just kind of doing it according to what they do and it makes sense for them. Yeah. And also something they want to avoid because they know yes. I don't want that extra chore. It's much easier to do right. the like, chore. We don't have a specific set curfew, sort of. If they are out just having fun, doing whatever, then yeah, they have a curfew. Like you have to be in by midnight. If something's going on, give us a call. Let us know what's happening. We will extend that mm -hmm. that time that you have to be in. And you know, if you're doing something that is, we're like, we're just hanging out at so-and-so's yeah, yeah. house. Like, That's eh, not gonna work. No. Get home. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they stay out, like say, okay, you have to be home at midnight, they don't call and then they show up at 1230, they are required to be in a half an hour earlier than they would have had Very to smart. the like following this. time that they go yeah, out. So like it's this that. natural consequence of, mm -hmm. oh, I understand that if I don't communicate with my parents, if I break this rule, here's the consequence that's going to happen. And they already know it. And really, honestly, 
the kids can figure that out without you having to specify mm-hmm. what that well, consequence you're so consistent. is. Right? Like yeah. they know, yeah. okay, well, if I'm messing it. up in this aspect, something in this is going to be yeah. taken away. <laughs> How I don't much know do specifically I like this? what it is, but, yeah, yeah. but I know something in this circle mm-hmm. is going to be gone. I like and that. And so it's easy for them to sort of anticipate and change their behavior towards that. You know, in a lot of Very situations cool. with teens, like I think what we're talking about is curfew, homework, chores, responsibilities, mm-hmm. you know, because we're trying to, to help them realize that they're part of a community, mm-hmm. whether it's part of living in a family or in a community at large. When it gets to be, though, when you're afraid of a certain direction mm. like that your kid is going, maybe it's not necessarily like they're failing, you know, out of school or something, but that they just don't care. Mm. Because I don't know if you've ever had this situation where it's almost like, well, then fine, then I just don't do anything. Kind of shut down. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that's common enough in teenagers to say, well, what do you do in, in those cases? Like, well, now you can't go out with your friends. Fine, I don't care. Can't have oh, your phone, I know. Whatever. The unpunishable the is un- hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know, we're, we're like, going to the next there level, There are no guys. fears there. That's a tricky one, you know? Yeah. Have you felt like you've been in that situation before? You know, they're kind of young, so they might not be pushing I, the limits But too you've much. certainly seen a lot with, uh, you come yes. from a large family and yeah. nieces and nephews and friends. No, you've absolutely. Where... <laughs> Where, yeah, where so you're you're offering this punishment, and they have the like strength of character mm-hmm. to not care. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I you're like I have a, I, I appreciate <laughs> that you know solid personality. But, you know, but recently, I have good. a friend going through this yeah. right now where he can't get one of his kids to go to school. Mm-hmm. And it's the taking away privileges. It's offering incentive. I mean, everything that you can think of, it doesn't work. What right. do you do in, a, in an extreme situation like that? Did we cut you off? Did you have more to say on that? No, other than I, I have a, my eight-year-old little girl. She won't tell me anything. If something is uncomfortable or something is, she doesn't want to talk. She'll just say to me, I don't want to talk about that. Mm. And to me at my core, that's like, how dare you? Excuse me? I am the most open mother. <laughs> I, we can talk about anything yeah, and you yeah. won't tell me. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I To be clear, <laughs> you are a gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She doesn't agree. You no, agree, no. yes. But I see that as she gets older, like that's that kind of attitude of, I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't exist. And so, yeah, how do you solve that problem? I see when it gets to that point, there's something big going on. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't say for sure, but if something like talking to someone else outside the family mm-hmm. won't work or even sometimes spending time with aunts or uncles or grandparents, just kind of getting that child out of that situation mm-hmm. where whatever is bothering them or stifling them or tempting them, you're kind of, eh, for a little bit, time will pass. That's exactly like, what was coming it, to it my mind. They really. can't stay in that stasis of, yeah. I don't care. Well, I also think so much we get so paranoid. Yeah. Like, they should be in school. They are 18 years old. They've graduated. Now their time it's time to get their degree or whatever. And I do have a friend who has kind of a child like that. And I mean, life is long, yeah. you know? They do have time and people figure out their careers much later. And so I think you're right. Sometimes there's an emotional thing because usually they have some ambition and they're, you know, social enough that they have things that they like to do. And so when they just really shut down, I think it's probably something that they probably need to address, you know, because they're kind of just closing the world off. But then also it kind of falls back into like, we have this timeline for our kids and yeah, we think, right. okay, you graduate this and then you go to college 
college and then you get married and they are not all moving at that same speed. And sometimes they just need to feel like you're okay with them not following the perfect timeline. But if it's like obviously seems threatening or something emotionally, then that's that's a different sure, thing, you yeah. know? But sometimes they're just like, I don't want to go college yet, you know? And you're thinking to yourself, well, you really should, you know? <laughs> but I've had some of my kids where they did take two years off. Yeah. And now they're in school and it's like, all is well, you know? Like, don't but freak out funny? about those At things. At the time, you're like, it's the you biggest can't take oh, yeah. long time off. Yeah. What are you going to yeah. do? You like, just think, I mean, we got to keep doing the things. But I think they're figuring themselves out too. And a lot of times we think all of a sudden they're supposed to be an adult or they're supposed to be a teenager, yeah. mature enough to make certain decisions. And that's just not always the case. And so patience, I think, and always making them think that they're awesome. You're still their champion. Yes, exactly. You're still cheering them on, even if they are not following along what the neighbor's kids are doing or what the cousins are doing, mm-hmm. you know, because they have a it's different gonna path. Okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah. I also am a big fan of therapy. Oh, yeah. I think we don't utilize that enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we have reached the point where we feel like we can't parent in a way that we need to or want to, that reaching out for help and getting that from an outside source is amazing thing. I mean, yeah. even if you don't even think anyone's struggling, like oh, yeah. how no, I think is it hard? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're all dysfunctional, let's be honest, yeah. you know? How it's not bad for anybody to have someone no. just kind of explain your feelings. We're all just figuring out our feelings yeah. as we go, yeah. you know? Well, one of the so nicest compliments a friend ever gave me was, she said when, when her kids were getting older, she says, I hope that you will be the other adult for my kids. Oh, and that I, and is I a great understood, compliment. I understood yeah. perfectly what she meant was sometimes, like sometimes you, yes, everyone needs therapy, I absolutely agree. Mm. And sometimes they just need someone to talk to who isn't living within the walls of your own home. Yep, absolutely. I was flattered that she would think that I had that role, but it really made me think You're a gift. We already established (laughs) that. Literally. You're a gift. But it makes me look for other people than in my circle, in my family or friends that... Oh, can they be that adult for my that other adult for my kids too? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's I like great. That. I love that. We're all connected. Yeah, you know that hits me in the other. feels, and I love. Oh that. yeah. I love oh yeah. It's, it's like, powerful. Help me. It yes, it's a village. <laughs> it does. Okay, next question for the Council of Moms. Hey, moms, I found you after your getting out of a slump episode. I'm not out of it yet, but I'm getting there. I appreciate the honesty. (laughs) Here is my question. How do you deal with, let's call it, and this is in quotes, so I will do the air quotes, Mm. disagreements in parenting with your spouse? Times when you feel like your partner is being too harsh or not harsh enough, or really anytime you aren't on the same page. Asking for a friend in case my spouse hears this. (laughs) LOL. Denise. In Cleveland. <laughs> Hilarious. You never disagree with your spouse, right? Never. We've got a really good, <laughs> we've got a good, like, natural good cop, bad cop thing going on. It's it's a blessing that whenever I'm just riled, it forces my husband to be like, mm-hmm. I am cool. And whenever he's riled, I am naturally like, oh, oh that's nice. Mm-hmm. I've got this. And, and that's worked well for us. He's very easygoing. I tend to be more intense, but... Like you were saying with your patient husband, I'm so glad that he will balance me and it's worked because then the kid knows, oh, I'm in trouble, but oh, here comes the compassionate parent to like help smooth. So that's And you get blessing. to be that sometimes too. So Oh, you sure? Good. Yeah. No, this week I got riled and I had to leave home. And <laughs> that'll and, happen. And my my husband totally like he took it. They worked on it so that when I came home there were already like solutions in place. And then I could just come in and be like, I love you. (laughs) I am now calm. 
Let's go forward. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And that calm voice mm -hmm. just soothes everyone. I think Ryan and I are pretty much on the same page, but I think one thing, the kids will just naturally kind of go to the person they feel is going to work for them oh, kind yeah. of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think establishing what those are not in front of the kids and solidify those so that you're not being turned against each other and then put in a situation where you are irritated because mm -hmm. you feel like they went against you when they really didn't mean to. It's just that you didn't really communicate that. So I think in our case, it's just like making sure you're on the same page. If there's something that's really important that you really feel strongly about that your husband knows before you even like get the kids involved. So smart. You know? Have you ever been in that situation where... A kid comes to you and they're like, well, dad already said oh, that it, every it day. was fine yeah. for me to go to this concert on this school night, even though I won't get home until two. And he says it's fine, but he just wanted me to double check. Oh, yeah. Sure. With every you. Sure. day. <laughs> every day. Yeah. I, I, I always think it's so funny when they would try to do that because I'd, th I'd say, you think I don't know yeah. <laughs> what's happening what the here. situation is here? You, you really, and I just but would just stare it. in their eyes, yeah. like, how long are we going to play this little game? And I'd be like, well, I mean, can I, but can, could I? <laughs> but there has to be something logical to that because we did that too. And it, I remember it feeling perfectly reasonable, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, if I just talk to this parent and this parent, so there's got to be something human about that of, that just naturally happens. It naturally happens because this is happening over and over in generations, right? Right, because you've got to get on the same page, right? So it's always <laughs> like, oh, did you tell them? Yeah. No, why would I? I would never no. speak for you, you know, kind of thing. And Do they assume we're just never going to talk to our spouses? I guess that's it. They're like, oh, they never see each other. They're they'll old, never know. They don't talk. Yeah, they'll never know. <laughs> My kids don't do like the deliberate, like, yeah. I talked to dad and he said, but if I say something like, someone will say, I, I'm really feeling like, crumble cookie. Someone will say that, just kind of feel it. And if I make a sound that's like, mm, that would be good, something like that, then yeah. that in their mind is, mom said yes. <laughs> She's paying so, for everything. Yes. So goes right to dad and says, mom wants cookies now. <laughs> and so you got to order them, you know? So it's more of like, they just test the waters. They grab on to just enough truth. Yeah. And then they go to dad. That one happens all the time. But the deliberate, like dad said yes, and then come to me, like, I don't know if I've faced, I'm sure I have, and I fell right in. <laughs> but I'm unaware. Has there ever been a time where it was a little bit more dramatic? Like something that was like a big... Uh, you know, a big parenting decision where you were at odds with your spouse. And how do you kind of navigate that when you have a, you know, fundamentally disagree on something that has like big consequences in a kid's life? Anyone really feeling? I don't know that I Or remember. you felt like you're, maybe your parents were at odds with something that you wanted to do or didn't quite know how to handle it. I mean, I've definitely been in the position where like I was feeling a certain way about one of my children and it was like a big decision that he was making in his life, but I was kind of feeling like, you know, I think he's gonna be fine no matter what. Or my husband was like, no, I really feel like this would be a big learning experience for him or whatever. But neither one of us were really in the position of making that choice because he was an adult at this point. Yeah. So it was not something that either, but we were both like, I was way more like laid back. Like, I'm not worried about it. He's gonna be fine no matter what. Or my husband was just like, you know, this is the choice. And then in the end, we didn't have any say in the matter anyway. But, <laughs> That's the you know, part right. though, we, yeah. you yeah. know, make these big decisions like, I mean, even like, where should they go to college or should exactly. they do service for our church somewhere? Yeah. Or yeah. should they, they're making these decisions as adults. It's not like it's our decision. And we really right. don't think it we're is. We're not the final word. We are yeah. not the final word. 
that's the scary part of them getting old, er, you know, is that they do get to make those choices. And unfortunately, we have to dial back. We already talked about this before the show even started. We are very like, we make children that like are dependent on us. We're very good at doing the things for our children, you know, <laughs> where we need to dial back, you know, and I've learned over time because now my kids are older that I needed to dial back a little bit because I did want to just do everything for them so that it was easier. And, you know, they were all put together, looking a certain way, doing the things. And then you just learn like, you know, that's not how it is. They need to figure these things out on their own. It's okay if they look disheveled, if they show up at a restaurant, it's painful, but we'll let them dress themselves today, you know? (laughs) Yeah, you know, things like that. I mean, it's never easy, but sometimes we just don't have the say, right? That's so hard. It's so hard because you love them so much and you want their lives to just turn out perfectly (laughs) and you can't force that to happen as much as you try. Mm -hmm. And I've tried, like I really tried, but it doesn't, you just have to. Or even just helping them. Not that I want to take obstacles away, but I, but there are lessons that you're like, I had to learn this the hard way, Mm -hmm. especially like when it comes to relationships with other people or like early boyfriend, girlfriend things. And you're just trying to say, I promise I'm going to save you just like, and they won't, they just, they have to experience it for themselves. Are there things that you used to do for your kids or that you did that now you just, that makes you just sort of shudder (laughs) like, I can't believe I did that. It's still going on with me. Come on. We talked a little bit about this. this. Yeah. (laughs) Like what? Well, I'll tell, like I was telling her that I had to be, so my oldest child, preschool, his teacher had to pull me aside and say, now, Dallin's having some like dependent issues and we'll go to wash our hands after snacks and he just walks around with wet hands like, who's gonna dry my hands, you know? And that type of thing. She's like, I know you love him. I know that you like to help him, but we need to like let him, you know, that's learn funny. some independence, you know? And then even my 11 year old to this day, I dress him in the morning Aww. when he's dead asleep. No, he's dead asleep. Oh, yes, I do. I come in and I (laughs) tap. I tap the arm. One arm. Tap, tap, tap. (gasps) Give me the leg. Give me the leg. Boom, boom. You know, only because he is not a morning person and I don't really want to deal with the whole thing. And I love my children just get good sleep. I hate waking. I hate waking. We're not going to validate. I know. It's terrible. I've not yet met one person that says I'm doing the that right says, thing. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. good. They're like, you have got to be kidding me. I'm like, yeah, I just don't like waking a sleeping child. Let's get you dressed. Then he gets up. We go do the hair, you know, the whole thing. We do the hair still. So see, I got you problems. You do his hair. And I think she has some problems too. She better come clean now. Uh-oh. We, You're not alone. We were talking about this because I was Confessing. talking about mom fails with my husband and asking for some constructive criticism and, and critique. And, <laughs> and he reminded me, you dress our children every morning. And taking off the PJs yes. and put it, it's yep. like, it's like they're mini King Look at the shop. Louis and I'm no, I just, the I, bearer of the shirt and the bearer of, yep. but it's, it's, it's not. <laughs> I am a little jealous. My shock is a Think little jealous. Think if someone came jealousy. in and tapped you and arm. Listen, and arm. And, 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 wouldn't it be beautiful? I would love that. I would actually oh, really like that. Me in the morning. I, I will find like the cutest dress or outfit and present it to one of my children. Like, look, I found this. It's so cute. And it was on sale. And they were like, uh, no, nope. I want to check with me next time. <laughs> so the idea that they let you do the, it's a little jealousy and shock. Well, it's, is what it's, it's, long, it's, it's not even like what I choose for them to wear. It's, it's simply 
getting dressed in the morning and it happens at the breakfast table. That's what's also embarrassing is it's not even in their rooms. And so the kids go to school and there are sometimes like underwear on the table. And my husband's like, do you see that? Why is this happening? And it's a matter of time. If they're going to, if they're going to get to school on time, like they would never do it unless I did it. Take those PJs off and put this on and let's go. Amy. Yeah. (laughs) Bring some normalcy to the table. Do you dress your children? <laughs> you know, motherhood looks you know, different it does. in every home. It, every, does. it really does. No, I so I have a 16-year-old daughter. She's my youngest, and she used to let me dress her. Yeah. And now I am not like this is the standard. I'm like, it has to be clean. I don't I don't care if it matches. I don't care yeah. if it is old. Please just let it be clean. And please, if you're not going to brush your hair, she's really, really, she's got hair like yours. Really? And I'm like, it has to be brushed or like done or in a ponytail because you cannot leave this house looking <laughs> homeless. And I tell, and I'm really honest with her. I say, I get judged by how you look <laughs> when you yeah. leave this house. No one thinks. It doesn't have anything no to do with her. No one thinks like that 16 yeah. year old. Yeah. Wow. It's no, oh, like, her mom, her mom must not love her. I because love she that. That is the exact excuse. I, I, I send my children out saying, you need to look like somebody loves you. That is the yeah. exact phrase that like I. You are cherished. That's right. That's, it's so funny that when start a a discussion about are you on the same page with your spouse but really it's like who cares yeah we're kind (laughs) of I'm gonna do what I want to do they're gonna do what they want to do that's their business and the kid's gonna do what they're gonna do it's just like moving pieces all just trying to survive yeah Yeah. we're just trying to survive I remember when a couple of my kids were not doing well in school and never mind that both of their parents have degrees in education and have been teaching. Like, forget (laughs) the personal, you know, shame of that. That aside, I wanted to be helpful and I would go into power school, you know, the, the program that keeps their grades up to date, you know, and see all the zeros. And I would get little three by five cards and I would be like, they just don't, they need to learn how to stay on top of, bless my heart. I needed to bless my heart and I I just kept, I just zeroed in. (laughs) And I made these little three by five cards and I'd say, these are the three assignments that you need to do in math. And then here's the other card. This is what you need to do in English. This is now what we're going to do. I know this may seem overwhelming. So we're going to break this down into daily tasks. Ah. So on Monday, you're going to do this and this on Tuesday and so that it wouldn't be overwhelming I had this elaborate plan it had a lot to do with sharpies and three by five cards but they didn't know I, what they had they you. didn't they did not no. appreciate it no they didn't it strained <laughs> our relationship done with oh. Lisa as my mom no three it was five awful cards. they would look at me like yeah I'll get it done get I, out ha- of my I have a system and I was like well your system isn't working they're full of we zeros we tried your system <laughs> is full of zeros <laughs> that's okay? exactly what I would yeah. say your system is yeah. failing yeah. I think we should just try Try my system. <laughs> Just give it a shot. See which one and <laughs> comes then out it with some grades. Like, yes, <laughs> rebelling. And it will give you a hundred dollars if your system works. Yes. <laughs> over right. mine. Yeah. Let's prove it. <laughs> they didn't appreciate the three by I'm so spoiler, sorry. Five cards. I'm so sorry. And really, it was really detrimental to our relationship because then it was like, oh, here comes mom. She wants to talk about my grades all the time. Even if I was like, hey, what are you doing? Or like, how's it going? It just always became, I had to totally back off. And that was actually an experience where um, my husband was like, this isn't working. <laughs> It's you're very good at this. Yes, yes, yes. You <laughs> you're are. very smart. Like yeah. he knew the validation of like, how do I tread here? And I was yeah. like, don't humor Constructive. me. Constructive, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But it was. But this isn't worth it. 
let, let me take over or let him fail. It's not the worst thing in the world. And That's that was a hard, hard conversation because yeah. I was like, no, they can't fail high school. And he was like, well, it's their consequence. They'll never learn if they don't. It was actually when I sort of broke down to like a, a friend that I had that was a little older, had older kids, um, who she kind of saw me just exasperated about it. And she said, it's not the worst thing in the world that they fail. They can always take their GED. They can always go to community college. It does, it's not going to ruin their life. It's not True. worth it. Like, and I know where you're coming from. And I respected this woman a lot. And for her to be like, just let it go was finally the thing that clicked that I was like, yeah, she, okay, I'll trust that she's right. And now I don't know. Do you my, not check my in? My kids' grades. Really? I, I yeah. cannot check in. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I mean, and, and that's a, that's actually quite extreme, right? Mm -hmm. Like now the kids that I, the younger you kids. You want to have a relationship with them and sometimes and you have to have find what's really with their, their, their teachers and know their education. So it's not like I don't, you know, I'm not aware of it, but I make that their responsibility. I haven't had the same problems though. I was going to say. A huge burden. Yeah. So you're saying you. that they are doing off. better because they don't feel like they're being micromanaged. They're yeah. actually doing the assignments and you're not even saying, hey, do you have homework tonight? Anything like I that? Do, I do say, hey, do you have something to work on? Can yeah. I help you? I'd love to help you. Hey, I know it's the end of the term. Mm -hmm. um, why don't we you know, set aside some time just so you have that space? My older kids who are in college, I just, I, I don't ask about their grades or things like that. And, and it got really bad at one point, and now it's good. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? They decided, not me. Right. It had nothing to do with me. I think college for me is way easier to just, they're adults now, and that's a little bit of a freedom there. But high school is stressful because you think they're immature. They can be lazy. <laughs> they can be lazy and things like that. But you know that they have so much more in them. It's just like they're not good at like the tasks and the time management and all that. And you're just thinking long term. I mean, really, we're not going to graduate. I mean, really, like we can do this, you know. Yeah. So there is a. I mean, I carry so much stress like that. Just like you know, just come on, you know. Did There's you get a those assignments and every in. kid is different. How yeah, much you can direct. Oh, some you don't even have to. Ever check. Ever. And they <laughs> always get good grades. Oh, yeah. And I have oh. one of those, too. So I've got Completely. a little bit of everything, and it's then like— Then you have a total straight-A student that's super smart, never turns a thing in. I'm just like, oh. I cannot. You child. Yeah, you understand. It's stressful. Next question. To my podcast best friends. Ooh, oh, hello. My question for the council is simple. What is the best piece of mom advice you ever got— Please share. Give me your wisdom, Nicole in Fort Lauderdale. Cute. Best. I've got one. Let your kids do dangerous things in safe ways. Ooh, I'm not good at that. Please explain. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so letting them navigate the world in maybe a little bit of a dangerous way, letting them have some freedom, but making sure that they're doing it in a way that's not going to get them arrested or, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> maimed or stuff like that, but letting them sort of push boundaries mm -hmm. and and not just like rule boundaries, but physical boundaries. Let them climb the tree to the very, very top. As long as you're not letting them climb with the branches that are, you know, a inch thick. Let them do that. Let them, you know, go on the slide and, and go backwards. Let them explore the world in a way. And just, I mean, you're there to make the safety net. You're there to help them if something goes wrong, but allowing them that freedom to be able to just kind of go all out into the world. And the confidence, I think, that... that it does. They won't be walking around at preschool going, <laughs> so, so dry my, my hands. hands. <laughs> dry my Somebody, hands. Dry my hands. <laughs> Who will dry? I love that. I 
could use that. It might be Who a little late that in some way. But I think it was on like a TED Talk. Before they had TED Talks. I don't know. What was what was the pre-internet like internet yeah. TED Talk? Was it I a YouTube something? something. Or I, I don't, don't know. know. I just I remember hearing that and thinking, oh, mm-hmm. that. And I, for the most part, have raised pretty confident kids that are able to navigate the world in a way and, and take risks. And I think that's what allows them, when they're little... And we're letting them do these sort of crazy things. They learn to take risks. And that then transfers when they're adults, or at least emerging adults, into being able to take risks and other things mm-hmm. that they might be too afraid to do if they That's didn't good. have that freedom when they were little. Because like, I, I can do this and I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not okay, I've got backup. Like my mom's going to come and back me up, but I don't need my mom because I know how to do this in a risky way. Really cool. Wow. I like that's that. Really great. Yeah, I love that. Is it my turn? Yes. <laughs> What's okay. the best mom? Um, advice you I have? would say, I don't think anyone gave me this advice. Okay. But this is one that I would share with others and something that I feel like I try to implement and I think that it works. And it is, it has to do more with me or us, is I think our kids need to see us doing the things that are passions, doing things outside of motherhood that make us happy and connect with who we are. And then it gives them the freedom to be independent and be who they are. And I just think, and and to be silly and playful because then they will be, you know, I just think so much people can get so stuck in the role of mom that the kids like literally don't even know who they are outside of that role. Like they're just like, do your chores and I, I pick you up and I do carpool and I do these things. Instead of like seeing what is I'm super passionate about and seeing me do that and what brings me happiness, I think gives them confidence to do the same thing and also connects us because it's like me being me and not me being mom. And you can have a lot of fun with that with your kids. So that is something that I try to do that I think brings a lot of happiness and laughter and fun into the home. So what does that look like in your family then, specifically? What do you think? There's a lot of dancing. (laughs) A lot of dancing, because I know, well, you're the fun Zumba instructor. Oh, that's so nice. Well, and you spread positivity. (laughs) Thank you. You know, on social media. I mean, that, it feels like it's your passion too. It really is. And the way that you express yourself is always with your family. Mm -hmm. You know, your sister's your best friend. Friend. Yeah, we've had yeah. her on the Council of Moms cast. Council of Moms is very like, yeah, listen. I feel like I have an award today of some <laughs> kind. <laughs> well, no, and and what what I'm saying is is that what you practice, what you preach, mm-hmm. in the sense that you are putting out there things that isn't just you, but you involve your family in yeah. it. And I think that that's re- there's something really beautiful about that. Well, thank you. I think. For the most part, I mean, my kids see me doing the weirdest things. The yeah, but you don't care, thing. and I love that. And the I splits. do not care. Like the splits. I mean, that doesn't shock them at all. I mean, they'll call me, my adult kids will call me like on FaceTime, and I'm at some crazy dance party, you know, and it's like very classic, and they're not thinking twice about it, you know, and a very, you know, wholesome dance party. <laughs> right. Very wholesome dance party. But they need to see me having fun with my friends, having fun with my sister, having fun fun, doing things, and then then when I come home, I'm bringing them into it all, too, and everybody, it's just, I don't know, I just, moms lose themselves so much of the time in being mom, and I just think you have to find time for the things you're passionate about and the things that really make you be free and fun, and the more they see that, then I think you create some pretty fun 
human beings, you know? Yeah. Can so. I give the converse, the converse, the converse, is that the right? Yeah. The opposite. opposite. <laughs> yeah. And this might be a generational thing, but my mom, so I am the oldest of seven children mm-hmm. and that was what my mom, my mom was a mom. That's all she mm-hmm. ever was. Yeah. I still, as an adult, have no idea who my mother is. And when my youngest sister moved out, a lot of things kind of happened right at the same time. So my youngest sister moved out of the house. She went to college and this, my mom had a job at our church that was really fulfilling to her and was asked to stop that job when my dad was called into a leadership position, mm-hmm. asked to do that. And my mom had a literal nervous breakdown because she had lost in like three month period everything that gave her meaning in her life. She had no one to mother. She had no like job outside because she'd never worked outside the home. And I appreciate that that was an amazing thing growing up, but she had nothing outside the confines of our home and our church. And when she lost that, she lost everything. And she still hasn't recovered from that. Oh, that breaks my heart. And it breaks my heart too. Mm -hmm. And and, and I'm so on board with what you're saying because I never wanted that for myself. I thought, I looked at her and I thought, I can't do that. And I can't do that not only to myself, but to my kids. I want my daughter to see the example of a whole woman. I don't want her living a life that has been prescribed for her. I want her own life. And that, and like I said, it might be a generational thing because that was kind of, my mom was still raised in that generation of, this is your role. You know, you graduate from high school and you go to secretary school and that's only until you find a husband, right? Secretary school. Or whatever. And it broke my heart to see my mom going through that. And and I think of what she was like when I was growing up. She was a great mom. She was so much fun as a mom. And she probably loved it and enjoyed it. She yeah, loved yeah. it. It really Which was. I mean, she did. She loved it. But then when that ended, mm. everything about her ended. And I think it's so important to do what you're saying, which is show our kids and ourselves right. that we have lives, that we are yes. multidimensional women and not just this sort of set thing of what we're told we need to do. And a lot of that's cultural. Yeah, for sure. I love that. I mean, it's so true about the generation too, mm-hmm. but I'm glad we've learned a few things. Yes. Yeah. Loosened up a little bit, <laughs> yes. you know? We got to. So I, I absolutely agree with both of you. And seeing my own mom have her own journey of like what happens when kids leave home. And I appreciated that something she and her mother both taught me was that our lives aren't over Uh, when our kids leave the home. I remember my grandmother saying she had a son leave home and he he went to Australia. He was doing really exciting things. And I think she was in her early 40s and she said she was thinking to herself then and kind of depressed, like, I've never been anywhere. I've never done anything. And between the time she was 40, you know, two, and the time she passed away at 90, she had been all over the world. She had, she had traveled, she had accomplished, become an expert um, in certain things. And all of that happened really as her kids were older. And I, I look forward to that myself. Like Mm -hmm. my life isn't over at this age, just because I have kids or when they leave, I'm still doing new things. I still want to learn. And that's, I think that's probably good for our kids to see this, our our generation doing, right? Is that you've got to have something. Family is super important, but that's like 18, 20 years for me. And then what else am I Mm -hmm. (laughs) going to do? And I think it is helpful for your relationship with your spouse too. Like, you know, because then you can, you just can't be super dependent, you know, on that role or this role. Like you, you have a lot of roles that you're saying, lots of facets of who you are and what makes you happy. And so- 
think that's so important, and I'm happy to hear that you're doing that. <laughs> yes, and that it's, it's contributing to a yes. full life. <laughs> I think when I think about the best advice that I've been given about motherhood, it's just my own mother's attitude about being a mom. She just was always like, I just love it. I always wanted to be a mom. Oh, you kids are, I just get such a kick out of you kids. That's adorable. And, oh, I just want to see you guys. You know, like, I, you never stop mothering, you know, and I'm always going to be your mom. And even though you're a mom and, you know, it, it just, it never changes. You just, I just want to hang out with my kids. Like <laughs> that adorable. kind of, uh, I mean, I think if, if it, I boiled it down to more, you know, specific advice than just sort of an attitude, it would just be just to bring your own personality to motherhood and not try to worry about what someone else is doing or how they're doing it. What their motherhood looks what like. What their motherhood looks like, but play to your own strengths for your motherhood. I know that when I was you know, my mom is a really good, like, you know, homemaker, and she really, like, sews really well. I don't <laughs> sew. My mom is super into ironing. They iron their sheets oh, and pillowcases, yeah. and I was just like, I can't do that. And she would be like, you don't have to do that. Yeah. Just because I like to do this, I, I didn't mean to imply that you and yeah. your brothers and sisters need to iron. It's just what I like to, like, <laughs> yeah. don't be weird, Lisa. <laughs> just do what you want to do. No one's worried about that. And I do think that that's, that's true, that that's helped me in enjoy motherhood a lot of like, well, not all families do this, but I like to do this. Mm -hmm. Or what someone else does doesn't take away from my experience. That's sort of like, you know, we can be so hard on ourselves. Yeah. And sometimes that translates and spills out into the community and other people sort of pick that up of like, oh, maybe I should be doing that or I should be feeling bad about that. And that's not what this is. If you kind of like share that joy, I yeah. think. Oh, yeah. And that passion of, I just like to do this weird thing with yeah. my kids. It's not for <laughs> everybody, but it's for me that that's good. And that's good for your family. Well, it seems like your mom just, I picture her just like, she's choosing to focus on, the positive and the fun of motherhood instead of, you know, she's, I love being a mom. I love, you know, and there's so many we wonderful know it was things. Hard. Like exactly. no one's pretending like she's saying, <laughs> no, this was easy. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there were days she's exhausted. She has all yep. the, the challenges that everybody has, but it seems to me like she chose to look for the positive yeah. and make it a fun, happy thing, which then spills over to you, which is so awesome. And I think all moms, Probably we we all need to check ourselves and like, yeah. what is the attitude that we're choosing? What is the attitude we're putting toward our children? You know, because we all could sit there and go, oh my gosh, the dishes and the laundry and yeah. and just list out the, and our children it's can so feel hard. that energy. Yeah, our children, oh, you know, yeah. oh, they that. are taking notes mm -hmm. for sure. But there's so many things that are so awesome. So if you chose that, I mean, look at the beautiful example that you had. You know, I think we all could learn from that because it's just a matter of choosing the attitude that you, and the perspective that you look at motherhood, yeah. because we all have the challenges. We all have the you know? challenges, and I appreciate you sharing them yeah. with us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the joy. Yes. Guys, so much joy. Great. Oh, it's awesome. I wanted way more kids than I had. Same. My husband just <laughs> said no. That's enough. Grandchildren. He was Channel like, that five the new oh, 10. I was go. like, okay, <laughs> I want more babies. So now I need to wait for the grandbabies. And that's fine, I will. Yeah. Circle yeah. of life. That's right. More it's a beautiful thing. Mom more babies are We're coming. We're very pro-mom. Yeah, oh, I like oh, us. I yeah. love yeah. being a mom. Oh, heck well, yeah. Well, it's not the milk council, so. Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> yeah, you asked the right people here today. That's right. People that love it. I do, I love being a mom. Oh, really do. And if you... It's interesting because if you looked at my husband and I, my husband was much more the nurturer. I am not the nurturing. I'm just very logical, organized, and we kind of 
switch gender roles, I guess, a little bit. And I, But I think it's like being true to the culture of your family. Like, that's what worked for our family, mm-hmm. right? And it took me a little while to figure out that I wasn't a bad mom because the way that I mothered. And when I embraced that, I became a way better mom. Yeah. Because I wasn't, I wasn't true to myself. And when I wasn't true to myself, I couldn't be a good mom. And then you're just like, yeah, I love being the type of mom I am. I don't want to be the type of mom you are or you are, like, no. right? Because that's not true to me. Mm-hmm. And when you really start embracing that and you're like, no, this Freedom. is this is who I am. And my kids are my kids for a specific reason. And that's because the type of mom I am is what's going to turn them into the kind of adults that they need to be. Mm-hmm. And it's only when you fake it and you're trying to be something you're not that your kids don't end up like... I mean, that's not entirely true. They they have agency. But they Whatever. feel it. But they feel it. But they do. It. They yeah. feel it, yeah. right? That there's yeah. an authenticity about mm-hmm. just being, yeah. And then it gives them the freedom to say, okay, this isn't this role, whether it's motherhood or fatherhood or whatever. I can follow my path. I can follow my path and I can be true to my path. And that's going to make me happy because I saw that it made my mom happy and I saw that it made my dad happy. And I can see that it's making the other people around me that are doing it happy. And that's really, really, isn't that like the ultimate goal of motherhood is to say, my kid is happy. The Lisa Show is a production of BYU Radio. This week, our show is produced by Lisa Valentine Clark, Richie T. Stedman, and McKay Menden. And special thanks to Carrie Ann Rhodes, Emily Ingeman, and Amy Hopkin for joining us. If you want to see a video of our conversation, find us on YouTube or social media at The Lisa Show. And don't forget to leave us a review, if you will, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Next week on the show... I mean, if you're going to go make money off your art, that's great. Different podcasts. But just in terms of trying to make life more livable. Yeah. (laughs) Just try things, do things. Don't feel guilty about how you spend your time unless it's plotting murders or something like that. Unless it's something damaging for society, which it's probably not going to be. (laughs) Who has the energy? (laughs) Not me. (laughs) That's next week on The Lisa Show. 